Good morning, everybody. And good morning to those who are watching online right now. We are just glad that your family has chosen to be part of our family to, uh, today. I, I just want to uh, show something or say something about something that's coming up on Wednesday. That's going to be Rise Against Hunger. It's one of my favorite things that we do as a church where we prepare meals, uh, over 10,000 meals for hungry people around the world. So if you haven't been a part of that, it's a great time of fellowship. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's for a very, very, very good cause as, uh, as well. A true story. The lady was frustrated again because she was the last person to leave her place of work again, which meant she was the last one out of the parking lot again. And she was uh, on her way home alone for her 45-minute drive. And as she went out of the the place of business and started to go on the the highway, a semi-truck pulled up behind her. And and as she went on the highway, it got really, really close. And so she's driving there. She's thinking, good gracious, why don't you just go around? And she slowed down so the semi would go around, but the the semi never did go around. In fact, it was right on her bumper. So she thought, I'm going to go to the the other lane, and hopefully he'll pass. And and so she went over to the left lane, and and the semi went right behind her. At this point, she's getting a little nervous, and so she goes back in the right lane, hoping he's going to pass, and he goes right behind her as well in the right lane, and at this point, she starts to speed up a lot, and the semi continued right on her bumper. And at that point, things changed in her life from frustration to, to sheer fear. You know, last week we, uh, we talked about two things that the Holy Spirit does in our life, and, and two, we gave some, uh, some $10 words, and one was prevenient grace, and the other was, was sanctifying grace. And we talked about that, that the Holy Spirit is working in our life, this preveniently, before we're even aware of it, that every one of us can look who's a, a Christian, we can look into our lives and we can go, wow, 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 God was using that person, and God was using that event in my life, and God was using those circumstances to bring me into a relationship with Him. The Holy Spirit was drawing me and wooing me and encouraging me, whatever it was, to, to that. In fact, if you're not a believer here, if you're uh, listening online or here today, it, I bet you can look in your life and go, you know what? I can see God. Man, he's, he's brought that person in my life to talk about God, and, and he's brought this pastor, he's brought this youth pastor, he's brought this book or this event, and, and just I can feel just something stirring in my life. And the chances are you probably wouldn't even be watching or, or in here today if God wasn't doing some stirring in your, uh, in your life. We're going to take a look at a, a passage today, and it's going to talk about, uh, oh, and the other thing is, is sanctification. And the, Jesus talked about the, the sanctifying work of the Spirit. And what that is, is, is God wants uh, uh, to transform us. He wants to make us more like Jesus every day of our life. He wants to transform us to, from where we are right now to who He called us to be. Transform us into what He's called us to be, Christians and strong Christians at, uh, at that. But we're going to take a look at a, at a verse of Scripture, and it's, uh, it's really going to talk about both of those works. And there's one word in here that we're going to look at today uh, about some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. It's from John 16, starting with verse 7. I tell you the truth, it is good for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. He will, when he comes, don't miss this, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to three things, sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
According to this verse, one of the ways God transforms our life through the Holy Spirit is through conviction. And, and that's, a, that's a harsh word in our, in our language, isn't it? I mean, the word, you know, convict, I mean, you change the emphasis around, you have the word convict, right? And, and a convict is someone who's been convicted of a crime and, and is going to face punishment. But, but God, there's also the word can be translated to convince. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit wants to convince us of some things, not to punish us, but in order to set us free. So what does he want us to, to convince us of? Three things. First, according to the scripture, it says he wants to convince us uh, in regard to, to sin. Why in the world would it be necessary for the Holy Spirit to convince us of sin? Because unless we're convinced that we are sinners, we will never look to God as our Savior. We will never look to saying, hey, I need to be saved. If we're not convinced of the fact that we have a sin problem. And not only does he do that, but he also, he also takes care of us when we do something wrong. He convinces us that we've done something wrong. My, I remember one time my family, I was a young man, and my, my family, we were traveling in, in California and vacationing there, and we went to the Hearst Castle, uh, which you haven't seen, and it's an amazing thing. William Randolph Hearst, it's in San Simeon. It's just this amazing, amazing architectural thing. And so we were there, and I remember before we started the tour, they told us, they said, do not wander away from the center aisle, because if you go on these, these are, these are priceless Persian rugs, and there's an alarm system underneath it, and it will go off if you, uh, if you stand on it. So we had just been going there for a little while, and all of a sudden we hear this, I don't mean an alarm, I wasn't just like boop, boop, it was like, I mean, it was like the world is ending, whoppa, 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 right? And I remember looking back, and here's my dad standing in the middle of the, the, the Persian rug like this. And he's looking around like, all right, who's the dork that set it off? And then all eyes turn to him, and I'll never forget his expression when all of a sudden he realizes and he goes, and he, and he gets, off the, you know, gets off the rug there. The, those alarms weren't there to, to keep us from having fun. They were there to, to make it where we didn't destroy something precious, right? And every single one of us, we know what it feels like when we do something wrong and that alarm system goes off in our life, Right? This is that whoopa, 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 whoopa. There's something that we go. Now, the, the world would call that a conscience. Uh, but what is that? I mean, we believe that it's the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, convincing us of the fact that what you did was wrong. We all know that icky feeling. It seems like the worst thing it is, the worse that ick is. Now, I don't have to describe that to you. We've all, we've all uh, felt that. But also notice God doesn't put that in our life to make it so we can't have fun. He puts it in there so we don't destroy something precious. So we don't hurt ourselves, so we don't hurt other people, so that we don't hurt our relationship with God. God loves us enough to put an alarm system in, in us. And also, but he'd, he'd prefer to do it before we even do the problem, right? Before we even do that. He wants to, to do it preemptively and say, and put up that you're about to do something. And you know what this is like too. You're about to say something and the Spirit says, nip it, do not say that, wop, 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 do not say it, stop it. Or you're about to do something and you just feel this ick before you do something. And, and it's like, you know, many of you have a warning system in your car that, that if you're backing up and you're about to hit something, whoop, you know, it tells you something. Or you're about to, to pull into the lane and there, or a light goes off or a warning system goes off. It, and why do they do that? Why do they put that in there? Because they realize it's a lot better to warn you before you do something wrong than to make it where you have to pay or you have to apologize for doing something wrong. And the same thing with God. God puts that, the, the Holy Spirit, that warning system inside of us, giving us, and we can either obey that or we cannot obey that. We can listen to it or we cannot listen to that when God puts that. But he puts that system in us before we do it 
So we don't do it. So we protect ourselves from having to say I'm sorry and having to, to pay whatever cost that is. And he also, when we do something wrong, he puts that thing, that icky saw inside of us so that we can get off the Persian rug and we can stop uh, hurting something that is, that is precious. The second thing is, is this. He convinces us in regard to, to righteousness. And righteousness simply means a right standing before, before God. And here's what the Holy Spirit wants to convince us of. That we have no righteousness of our, uh, of our own. That, uh, and I've, I've probably asked, I, I mean, I've asked tons of people this question uh, around the world. Uh, do you believe in, you know, do you believe there's a heaven? And the vast, vast, vast majority of the people, even around the world, say yes, they believe there's a heaven. And then I ask them the question, uh, do you believe you're going to go there when you die? And I get, you know, three different answers. And, and uh, a lot of people will say, yeah, I believe that. And I'll say, ask the question, based on what? And, and the vast majority of the time, they will say, because I'm a pretty good person. And, and here's, there's the problem right there. And they'll usually say this. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a, a Billy Graham or a Mother Teresa, but I'm not Hitler either. I'm kind of, but, but I'm, not, I'm not as good as some people, but I'm sure not as bad as others. And here's the problem. They believe that God grades on a curve. And that they're, you know, the great curves here, and they're a little on this side, so they're feeling they're pretty good on this, this side. But the problem is God doesn't grade on a curve. God grades pass-fail and here's the problem. He says every one of us fail because he's not comparing us to other people. He's comparing us to the perfection of, uh, of, of God, of his, of his own holiness. And, and we all fall short. In fact, listen to some of these, these verses. The, uh, in Isaiah 64, it says, all of our righteousness are as filthy rags. In the Hebrew, that literally is menstrual cloths. And he's saying the best we have to offer God, the very best we have to offer God is filthy rags of our own righteousness. How about this? This is from, uh, from Romans. There is no one, listen to all these no ones, no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. There is no person apart from Jesus Christ that can make it into heaven on their own. In fact, if, God, if we could earn our own salvation, the Son of God would never have had to come and die for us. The very fact that Jesus died on the cross should be a sign to every single one of us that, uh, that, that there's nothing we can do to earn salvation in, in ourselves. It's not that we turn over a, a, a new leaf. It's even the other side of the leaf is, is gross and, and disgusting as well. Uh, and God, uh, God, I think, would even be amazingly cruel if he sent his son, if there was any other way to, uh, for us to, to get to, to heaven. And we saw last week, the Bible says, for all, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's, when the people say, yeah, I'm a pretty good person, I usually say this, well, have you ever lied? No, I always say, yeah, I've, I've, I've told some lies in my life. And I'll, I'll say, have you, have you ever taken anything that didn't belong to you? And they'll go, yeah. Or, you know, I'll say, you know, have you ever downloaded something that, illegally? Have you ever borrowed something and never gave it back? Have you ever taken something for work? And everybody will say, yeah, I've, 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 done, I've done that. To the guys, I'll say, have you ever lusted? And they'll say, you know, cause, and they'll say yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And, and they'll say, I'll say, you know, what Jesus says this. Jesus says, if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've committed adultery in your, in your heart towards her. Have you ever been angry at somebody? And everybody goes, of course I have. I say, well, Jesus says again, he said, if you've been a- angry at somebody, so you've murdered them in your, in your heart. Have you ever a- wanted something to belong to somebody else and long for that? And they'll go, of course, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that. Well, that's called coveting. And so according to your own words, let's just stop right there. According to your own words, you are a lying, thieving, adultering murderer who covets. Now, how are, how are you feeling about your own self-righteousness now? 
And most people will be convinced at that point of going, hey, maybe I need to listen to something that you have to say. But here's the thing. It would be horrible if God left us there just convinced of our own unrighteousness. But God also convinces us of the fact that he's done, he's, he's done something about it and he's given us salvation, an offer of salvation through Jesus Christ. Anybody who's been a lifeguard before knows this. You can't try to save somebody who's trying to save themselves. They have to give up on trying to save themselves before you can save them. And the same thing, we go, you know what, God, I have no righteousness of my own. I acknowledge that. So I depend 100% on your righteousness to, uh, to save me. And the other thing, some people will say this, no, I, I don't think I'd be in heaven. And I've had people say, I've had many people say, you know, honestly, I'd bust hell wide open if I, if I died right now. I know where I'd, I'd go. And see, those people don't need to be convinced of the fact that they're sinners. They need to be convinced of the fact that God has an answer for that. God has an, a remedy for, for, our sin, for our sin problem. And the second part that we saw last week is, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, but here's the second part, but are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And see, here's what the Holy Spirit needs to convince every one of us. That, that there is nothing we can do to earn the sal- salvation. That we can, here's, here it is, don't miss this. We can stop paying, trying to pay a price that we can never pay. And we can stop trying to earn something we can never earn. That we simply have to receive what has been done for us. That it's not what we do, it's what he's done that, uh, that makes it where we have, uh, have righteousness. And he convinces us in different ways, doesn't he? I mean, there's some people in here that he's convinced, like, like for me, I was, I was just convinced that, uh, that there had to be something more in life. I would literally come home from parties and, and look myself in the mirror and go, and I'd say this out loud, there has to be something more to life than this. And, and maybe that's, that's one of the ways that, that there was a purpose, that my life had a purpose besides just being a dash between two dates on a, on a gravestone, that for some reason I was on this earth for a purpose. For the others of you, maybe it was you had to get to the end of your rope and say, you know, God, I mean, you, there's a rope looking up and you're saying, God, I, I, I've made a mess of my life. I, I make a really lousy God. I make a really lousy Lord, and I need you to be my Lord. I need you to be my God. And maybe it's a blessing that there's so many people that come to faith through a miracle. Uh, I know somebody that, that prayed. A, a mirror, prayed for the, said, God, if you heal my daughter, I will serve you for the rest of my life. And God healed her daughter, and she served God, has served God for the rest of her life. You know, there's, there's thousands, I mean by the thousands of testimonies around the world where Muslims are having a dream of Jesus Christ. He's appearing to them in a dream. What a beautiful way for God to, to draw people unto him, uh, to himself. I don't know how God, God does it different ways in different people. The woman was scared. She was terrified. And she uh, wants to get this guy off the, the bumper. And obviously, he is now stalking her. It's, it's become obvious. So she sees an opening. She sees an exit. And she takes the exit as fast as she can. And right behind her is the semi. She sees a stop sign at the stop. And she barely, at the top, and she barely, barely even slows down before she slides around it. She sees a stop, a stop light up in front of her and she barrels right through it and the semi is right, uh, right through it as, uh, as well. And then she goes into also the, uh, there's a, she has some hope because there's a gas station up ahead. And the gas station, she flies into the gas station and she slams the car into park. She runs out of the car screaming into the gas station. You know, the... Um, most of us that hear our voice right now, my voice right now, you're already convinced that you need uh, a Savior, Jesus Christ, and you've, you've, made that, you've made that decision. But here's something that I, so many people who have received Jesus that we struggle with 
is this. We think that, yeah, we received God by grace, but then it's up to us to earn it the rest of the way. It's up to us that we live our life in, in our own power, that we have, to, we have to do it from now on. And, and, and here's the thing that's one of the most important things we'll ever learn in our life. Not only did, did God come to save us, but God came to empower us to live the life that we could never live, just like we can never earn salvation. We can never live this life that God wants us to live without the power of God's Spirit working, in, working inside of us. And most of the book of Galatians is about this. In fact, he starts out, Paul starts out the, the third chapter of the book of Galatians, and he, and he says this, he starts out by saying, you foolish Galatians. If he was writing that today in today's society, he'd probably say something like, you bunch of idiots. Not the greatest sal- salutation, is it? I mean, that's kind of getting their attention. What in the world is he so upset about? He's upset about this because they're doing something wrong. They're hurting themselves because, because they started out in the right direction, but then they, started, they went off kilter and they started trusting in themselves rather than in God from that point on. Here's what he says. He says this, let me ask you one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your Christian lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to uh, become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In other words, he was saying that not only are we saved by grace through God's power, we live by grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he also, he's saying this, that, that we're not only saved because of what Jesus has done for us, but we also are able to live this Christian life because of what the Spirit does in us. And we have to understand that. He does something else. Is he convinces us in regards to judgment. And this is a cool one. He says this, when he, the Spirit, uh, comes, he will convict the world in regard to judgment. Don't miss this. Because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Who's the prince of this world? Satan's the prince of this world. And what, it, what does it say about him? He's the one that's condemned. So when he comes, when Satan comes and tries to condemn you and say, man, you're, God doesn't accept you. God doesn't love you. God doesn't, and that you, you can say this. You can say, therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm not the one condemned. You're the one condemned. And every time Satan tries to come and he reminds you of your past, he reminds you of all those things, and you know exactly what that's like. I know exactly what that's like. When he comes and tries to remind us of all the bad things we've said, all the bad things we've done, when he reminds us of our past, we can remind him of, of his future. And something else is, it comes, when he comes with his lies and say, God couldn't love you, God couldn't use you, God couldn't what went on, blah, 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 blah. We can, say, we can say this. We can pierce him with God's word and say, you know what, therefore... That, uh, since, we're surra- since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can say this, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The lady not only came skidding into the, the, the garage, also, or the, the, the gas station, so did the, the semi-truck. And as the woman went in screaming, the man put on the brakes as well, and he reached under the seat and grabbed the gun. This is a true story. Reached in under the seat, grabbed a gun, and he went out of the cab. But he didn't head towards the lady. He headed towards her car. And he opened the back seat, back door, and there he put the gun to a guy who was crouched behind the seat, her seat, and had him come out with his hands up. Because he could see something from his elevated position in the, in the semi. He 
he could see that there was a, a person, and it turns out it was, a, it was a convicted rapist who knew that this lady was always the last one to leave, and he broke in, and he somehow, and he hid there, waiting for an opportunity to take advantage of or destroy or hurt or whatever way, he, what he was going to do. And here's the amazing thing is, is the, the lady, he wasn't, the, the, tr- the trucker did not go there to try to hurt her. In fact, the exact opposite, he went to try to help her and even to save her. And she was afraid of the very thing because of fear, because of misunderstanding. She was afraid of the very one who was going there to help her and to, and to protect her and to take, take care of her. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit never gave up on me. That the Holy Spirit was on my bumper and he was going through red lights for me. And he was going up, up you know, crazy places and that he never got off my bumper. I thank God that he never gave up until I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I also thank God that he didn't get off my bumper today when I'm doing things and saying that I have attitudes, I have thoughts, I have things that, that, are, that are there and he doesn't get off my bumper because he is relentless. He's relentless to make me more like Jesus Christ and he's relentless to make you too. So if you feel God on your bumper, thank God that he loves you that much. Thank God that he never gives up. Thank God that he wants to convince you of, of things. And we're about to celebrate communion. And on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he, and he broke and he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of, of me. And I want you to think about something. There's many people who are hearing my voice right now in here and online. And maybe you've been running from the very one who loves you the most. Maybe your whole life you've been running from from God. And maybe you've tried to work in your own righteousness, tried to earn it yourself. Maybe you're like other people that you say, you know, would you make it to heaven? You're going, I'm not sure. But I think that's a pretty good, uh, important thing to, to ask. So I'd like to just begin by giving people an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're online watching, maybe even weeks from now or months from now you're listening to this. There's a God who is pursuing you. There's a God who loves you. There's a God who the reason he's pursuing you is because he loves you so much and he wants you protected and he wants you saved. And if you've been trusting in your own self-righteousness, if you've been trusting in your own way that you could earn your way to heaven, one of the greatest freedoms of your, uh, that you'll ever know is when you can finally say, I don't have to earn it. I can receive it. I don't have to pay the price that's already been paid. And if there's anybody here also that would just say, you know what, I'm not sure if something would happen, but I want to be sure this is way too important. Then if you could just pray this prayer sincerely from your heart, and if everybody else could help out as well, and pray this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for pursuing me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I need saving. But thank you, you died on the cross for me. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Be not only my Savior, be my Lord. I give you the steering wheel of my life. I get off the throne and I ask you to come on. And thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name. And still with every head bowed, For those that received 
him today. We'd like to know about it. Just go to the back there that we want to give you a book, something on behalf of us. But also what we want to do is just say this, that this is not the, this is the beginning of a relationship with, with God. God wants you to read his word. God wants you to be involved in, a, in fellowship with other Christians. God wants you to use your spiritual muscles. And this is a day of freedom for you. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So if you did that, according to God's word, you're saved. He said to those who receive him, to those who gives the right to become children of God. So if you pray that prayer, you're a child of God today. And also, I want to say this too. There's many people in here, you've already prayed that prayer long ago, but you've been running away from the Holy Spirit. The very one that's come to, 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 to strengthen you and empower you make you everything God wants you to be. That maybe you've been trying to live this life in your own power and you just realize again that it just doesn't work out. That you don't have what it takes. Well, it's okay because God does have what it takes as he lives inside of you. And maybe you've been saying no to the Holy Spirit or afraid because again, you misunderstood his intentions. You misunderstood what he did. And he's come only to help, only to, to bless, only to strengthen. So maybe there's people in here that would just say, Holy Spirit, come into my life. God, I'm sorry that I've been running from you. Holy Spirit, come and fill me. I want fresh flames of your spirit. I want to be more like you. Get rid of everything that's in there that's bad. Put in everything of you, Lord God. Fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. In Jesus' name, amen.